So for those that can, if you can financially support Jess, great. But for those of you that are faithful intercessors and prayers, please keep her in your prayers. So even, even at times when we pray, when it feels like nothing's <coughs> happening, our prayers aren't being answered. The Bible tells us that the angels are gathering all our prayers like incense and bringing them before the Father. Yeah? They, they are always a sweet perfume. They are always going to get God to move, even when we don't see it. Amen? So be faithful in that. Um, my, my picture was a little bit different, as it often is, because for most of you, um, Ross Morgan puts it really well. He often says to me, you're not the Messiah, you're just a naughty boy, is often what he says to me. Um, and he says it in love. It's an endearing, an endearing description. But I, I love cartoons. I, I love watching superhero stuff. I can sit there with my boys and watch it all, all day, really. And, and while we were praying with you, I was asking God for a picture. You know, I asked for colours. Give me a colour, God, because that'll describe things. Okay, it's, nothing's coming to mind. Can you give me a superhero? And, and I saw Batman, but then it shifted, right? So you've got to bear with me now. And it shifted, and I saw Robin. And what I know about Robin, for those of you that grew up, you know, in the 70s, Robin was a faithful, loyal sidekick to Batman, yeah? Robin was always there. Robin was always saving Batman, and Batman was often saving Robin, yeah? But it was like a, a, a time and apprenticeship, you know? It was like a time of birthing. But for those of you like me that haven't yet grown up, now you can watch stuff, and about to be released soon on Netflix in the States is... Uh, and if you're into comic books, there's Teen Titans. Robin's actually now moved out of the sh Batman's shadow and Robin himself is leading a team. And I felt like God was saying, this is your season. You're actually no longer in the shadow. You've had, you've had wonderful mentorship. You've had wonderful insight sewn into you by mum and dad and, and your friends. But you're stepping into a season where you're now stepping into your, your own right and your own light. And God's going to use you like so supernaturally. It won't just be to teach English. It'll be, you know, you've been there, you've fought the fights, even the ones that you've lost, but now you're, you're, you're in this leadership role in taking over your own life. And, and I just think it's, it's awesome. And I'm believing for health. I'm believing for good fortune. You know, the 70s Batman and Robin movies... They, look like, they always looked like they were going to get beaten in, and they, they never were, you know? They got hit and they came back up. God just got you, you know? And so you've got this season of being a leader. So go for it, Robin. Amen? Let's see if I can turn my tablet on. Let's see if we can preach a message. Let's see, it's only three minutes to 11, which means I've got 50, 63 minutes half an hour you heard it from the front oh, I love it I love it when there's no kids church <laughs> Father we thank you that we can come into your house we can hear your word we can be inspired Lord that you can physically touch us change us rearrange us make us brand new that you never leave us the same that one encounter for you sets us up for our entire life we thank you for this season where we're so focused on you Lord, that should be our every day. And I just pray that you would have your way in each and every life, in each and every heart, 
that you would have your way in each and every mind, that today there would be a shift, Father, a shift that would cause such, such a wonderful 2018. Regardless of what is to come, there would be such a shift that we would stand victorious in you. So Lord, we just say, have your way in our hearts today. Have your way. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would move any obstacles, any things, any thoughts, any patterns, Father, Lord, that aren't from you, that are trying to stop the word reaching our hearts. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would remove those. Father, where the enemy fights, we pray, Lord God, that you would fight harder and be victorious, that we truly would be touched by you today. And all these children and people said, Amen. Amen. Who can believe that, you know, like it was only... Ooh, seven days ago, we were ushering in New Year's, yeah? Like, we were celebrating. Actually, I just want to gauge it. Who actually made it to midnight? Put up your hand. No, I didn't make it to midnight. I fell asleep. I reckon it's about two-thirds, maybe. Put up your hand if you didn't make it to midnight. That's probably better. Oh, maybe less than... No, it's probably a, maybe a quarter of us. Yeah. Some of it's age. It really is. Some of it's the, some of it's wisdom. Some of it's the lack of good television programming at that time of night. It's all of those things. Um, last week, when we were here, and for those for our guests that, that weren't here last week, we, I, I sort of just set a, a foundation. I hope for for 2018, for what I believe we need to hold on to if we're going to have a successful 2018. And there were some things that, that I believe God was reminding us to grab hold of for 2018. And so in a really quick recap, you know, we talked about how King David knew and understood a particular secret that whenever he was in distress, he would cry out to God. Whenever he was under the pump, he would cry out to God. And the scripture says that God would hear him from his temple, Yeah. So David, David knew this secret. And then we looked at the fact that if we're going to be able to do all things in Christ in 2018, if he's to give us his strength, it comes when we acknowledge our weakness and like David cry out to him. So therefore, on the opposite side of that, if in 2018, if we're going through struggles and yet we never cry out to him in our distress... My suggestion was and still is that you'll never discover the power, his power in your weakness because it requires us to be able to cry out to him when we're in those moments, yeah? yeah. And the truth is, I believe that Papa God is waiting for us to cry out to him. But over this particular week, I, I seem to have been reminded of, of something again, something that I think will we'll, we'll build on last week um, and that will help us live out a supernatural Christian life, not just a Christian life. The word that I feel like God's given us for this year that we've shared a couple of times over the last few weeks is awaken or awakening. There's going to be an awakening in the spirit. There's going to be awakening in the church. There's going to be an awakening in each and every one of us. And that requires us from going to live a, a Christian life to a supernatural Christian life, to a supernatural Christian life which becomes our natural Christian life. Yeah? where the extraordinary almost becomes ordinary because it's every day. Yeah. And for us to be able to do that, we need to be able to stand firm in the Lord. And I, I, I have to share the example from last week because I, I just 
I liked it. If you weren't here, you missed it and you're going to get it. If you were here, now you get it a second time. It's that good. It's okay. I can share it a second time. But when the Bible talks about standing firm, it's, it's referring that whole term is actually referring to soldiers that are being asked yeah, to stand their ground, to keep their post regardless of what's coming, even if enemies are fighting and coming at them, that they have to stand their ground. That's the command. They have to stand their ground. And you and I in the Lord, particularly as we look into the new year, if we're going to stand firm in 2018, there are some things that we need to know, yeah? yeah? Particularly when the enemy's coming our way. So here's what I reckon God was showing me this week. And I apologize for some that... that can't grasp this. Um, it's taken me a little bit because you'll see what I'm talking about in a minute. For those that have been to, to our home, who, we have a real dog that lives outside. Her name is Jazz. She, you know, half lab, half border collie. She's a real dog. She barks, she sits, she rolls, she fetches. She doesn't come inside the house. Then we have a make-believe dog. <laughs> it's about this big, half chihuahua, half shih tzu, called Coco. And Coco lives, for I don't know what reason, inside a human home. Now, I don't get that, right? but Coco lives inside of our home. Now, I've noticed that if Mel, my wife, Mel, when she's been out, she's out, she's shopping, she's spending money on the kids, spending money on herself, spending money on the kids, spending money on herself. She could be out doing the shopping for the family, spending money on herself. When she comes back inside the door, this make-believe dog called Coco goes off her nut like I'm talking off her nut, starts jumping up and down like she's one tats lotto. Like seriously, scratching at legs, scratching at doors. Like it's flat out. If we're both out together while Mel's spending money on the kids or herself, right? if we're both out together and we walk in the door, I come through the first door, hey Coco, I give Coco a pat and she's all happy and then she gets a sniff, yeah? She gets this, hold on. I think Melanie's here. It's like all of a sudden her paws push me out the way, yeah? And she jumps off the couch almost like an, an Olympic hurdlist. As she runs for the front door, Mel's still trying to lock the car, but she can just hear that Melanie's around. You know, it's like, it's unbelievable. When Mel's around, she plays. When Mel's around, she rests. When Mel's around, she gets extra food. Like snacks, don't give her that. No, I won't, I won't. Then I see this. You know, like it's unreal. Don't give her that. What happened to that thing that was on Nathan's plate, that leftover bit of whatever it was that I had put my fingerprint on because I was going to eat it? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. There's Coco in the corner eating feverishly, you know, being well looked after by Mel. I guess Coco knows that she's loved. In fact, I would go as far as to say, Melanie, that when it comes to Coco, you're her world. Yeah? Maybe other 
pet owners, make-believe dog lovers. You can understand this. You know, I'd go as far as to say that Melanie is Coco's hope for a great life. Totally. She is her hope. And all that Coco desires (laughs) is in Mel. Everything. Everything that she desires is found right there. It's fair to say that Mel improves Coco's quality of life. Absolutely. And then I saw something just the other night that freaked me out. For a moment, this little dog decided it didn't want to be quiet. And so Mother Hen took her and put her in another room. I, by this stage, probably would have skinned it like a rabbit. (laughs) So I'm sitting in this other room and I'm doing some reading and I'm sneaking a Cornetto. (laughs) And the door's closed and I'm watching this dog do this. It just starts to sniff, yeah? Starts to sniff around the house. It can't get through this door. Melanie's on the other side. Just starts sniffing, sniffing the corners. Just around, just starts aimlessly like... My goodness, my life, it's come to an end. I can't get, I can't, can't get to Melanie. Just, you know, and just constantly, it would just do this. It would just keep walking around. And then it would stop at the door. It would just stop and it would, I can't do it because he can lay flat. I can't lay flat. I sort of wobble a bit like a seat. So it would lay flat at the door and then, and then it would get up and it would start walking again, yeah? Its life had come to an end because she couldn't get to Melanie, her hope of a better life. Yeah, it was. You should have seen it. It was. I just sat there, looking at this pan out, and God starts talking to me about stuff over a make-believe dog. God and and I said, God, if you're going to talk to me, talk to me through jazz. Like, use a real dog as an example. Use one that sits, that rolls over, that fetches, that doesn't come inside the house. That when I say stop, actually listens. Like a re- you, talk to me through a real dog, not this make-believe dog. And then I, I did have my own little thought saying, oh, you want to take the impossible things, God. <laughs> she was distressed. Her life wasn't complete because she was on the wrong side of the door. And even though I was enjoying my Cornetto, my Oreo Cornetto, the lovely layer of chocolate on the top, I was, being, I was almost sick at watching this dog have Melanie withdrawals. <laughs> this is what, what I felt like Father God was saying. Coco has a hope, and her hope is a sure hope. I can be totally found, Yeah? She knows what life's like when her hope is around. It's better. It's more loving. I guarantee you it's more loving. Like, it's just more loving. It's less stressful because both I and the boys, we do like to play with Coco, but she's a make-believe dog, and I think sometimes our playfulness is a bit stressful for her. (laughs) She realises that when her hope's around, it's more fun. She's better fed. So Coco's found her hope in Melanie. So I want to suggest this. As we begin our journey in 2018, you and I actually have a hope. We have a hope. Yeah? Yeah? Not a wishy-washy hope that the world has. It's not a, oh, please, I hope this will happen hope. Yeah? Yeah. 
It's not even a make-believe dog hope. We have a sure hope. See, our hope is in Jesus, and better still, Jesus is our hope. It says in 1 Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Yeah. So Jesus is our hope. And like Coco's found in Mel, we all need, we all need to desire, we need to realise that all we are is found in him. Everything that Coco wants in our house is found there, right there in that person. Yeah? We need to realise that everything that we need, every, you've got to hear me, everything, not part of, not some of, not a little bit, not, not a fraction, everything we need is found in him. Yeah. Our lives are better because of Jesus. We've got peace, we've got joy, we're loved. We're fed spiritually because of him. See, our security is not in us on what we do, what we say. It's all in him. It's all in Jesus. And when he walks in the room, when he comes into our lives, nothing is ever the same. And in fact, in the same way that that Coco drops a marble when Mel walks into the room and just goes mad because Mel's back, when we realise that Christ is in our lives, when he walks into our lives, when he comes into the room, when we get a taste of the presence of the living God, we should go nuts. We should absolutely lose it, not being able to contain that the King of Kings has just walked in. Seriously, if that's a dog and a make-believe one at that, with her beloved hope and owner, imagine us with our daddy, our king and our God, yeah? See, in 2018, I think this is a truth we've got to hold on to. And we need to make this a truth for us every day. Psalm 39.7 says, And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. My only hope. You've got to understand this, that when that was written, the Israelites, they were waiting for a Messiah. And if we, we fast forward, when the Messiah, when Jesus finally came, they missed him. They had no idea how he was going to come, what he was going to look like, what he was going to do. But you and I, we've just celebrated Christmas. We have our Christmas tree here because we're celebrating Christmas. We've got our cross here because we know what he's done. So you and I actually know how he arrives. We know his plan. We know how it ends. Yeah. Unlike the, the Israelites, the children of Israel, when, when the word says to us, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in you. Our hope is sure. We know the beginning and the end. So regardless of what 2018 brings, our hope is sure. It shouldn't rock us to the fact that our faith wavers. Certainly we can have days, weeks, months of grieving. But I shared last week, mourning is just for a season because he takes that morning to give us the oil of joy. Yeah. Yeah? Our hope is sure, totally, absolutely sure. And knowing how all of that plays out is just proof that God loves us. Like if, we, if we know that, we know that, he's loved, that we're loved. It doesn't matter what people have, say, have said. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what parents have sown in. It doesn't matter what teachers or friends. It doesn't matter what happens in life. But in our hearts, there's this assurity that he loves us because we know the start, we know the end. Yeah? Our hope is sure. 
I'm convinced that Mel is Coco security. Convinced. Absolutely convinced. See, when I'm flustered and Coco starts to look like a rabbit, she can see it in my eyes that I'm upset. I don't know whether they turn white. I don't know whether it's the tone of my, the dulcet tones of my voice. But Coco just knows that when I've spoken to her in that moment, she doesn't like jump to obedience. She runs for her. Look, what's with that? And all of a sudden, even though Coco's like knee-high to a grasshopper, yeah, her weakness now becomes a strength. I can't do anything. Once she makes it onto the couch with Mel, that's all over. The, not the punishment, because we don't use that word in our house. The consequence that was coming for Coco, I, can't, I, can't, I now can't bring that to pass. She's, she's actually made a safe haven, a place of security. And we need to remind ourselves and each other that Jesus is our security. He is our strength. He is totally our strength. And it doesn't matter what's coming at us, if we just run into the arms of the Father, yeah? Yeah. It doesn't matter what's coming your way. You're in a place of safety. Trust me, there is no way I'm going to be able to grab that little hairy dog and pull it out of Mel's arms. It's impossible. Even when we haven't trimmed her and she's really like fluffy and you can grab her from anywhere, I still can't. It's like, it's a no-go zone. You need to remember this year, 2018, it doesn't matter what comes at you, but when you're in the Father's arms, it's a no-go zone. No enemy can come close. Like I'm telling you, cannot come close. They may circle, but they're not going to come close. We've got to get this. And I realised, and I loved it, in the, one of the songs that we sang, we sang about, about God being our anchor, because Jesus is our anchor. He, like he's our, I, I, love, I just love some of the songs today. But he's our anchor. Have you ever thought about an anchor? It's a really ugly piece of metal that rusts, and it's usually quite heavy. And for some reason, for years and years and centuries, people have been using anchors. Everyone knows what an anchor is, correct? It's not just a tattoo on Popeye's forearm, yeah? It's generally on boats. And we, we throw them overboard and the anchor hits the sand and it grips onto something. And you know what the anchor's for? The anchor's to stop the, bo- the boat drifting. The anchor's to stop the boat when there's choppy waves, when there's, a, when there's a storm, when there's huge winds, when there's an undercurrent. It's to keep the boat stable. And we sang a song that talked about God as our anchor. See, we can always rely on God. It doesn't matter this year if we're traveling through strong winds. It doesn't matter if there's currents that are trying to get us to turn left or right. Yeah, it doesn't matter if the waves of the life that we're actually walking is choppy. It does not matter because we're actually anchored to him. And he's everlasting. And he's strong. And he's immovable. And he lives in our hearts. And we're in him. That's our sure hope. That's why it says in Hebrews 6.19, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This is so a a pivotal pivotal foundation for this year. He's our anchor. He's our anchor in the midst of storms. 
And I love this because he leads us into God's inner sanctuary. It's the same way that I'm trying to get Coco and put her outside where dogs live. And Mel brings her into my inner sanctuary where my recliner is, where my fridge is, where my television is. Yeah, Where if eight or nine people wanted to buy me a bigger television... No, sorry, that's a side note. But that's my inner sanctuary and Mel brings her in there. Yeah, when we're in God's arms, this scripture actually says, see, no matter what we face this year, no matter what we go through, good or bad, he's with us and we're in him. And when we're in the midst of everything, if we focus on him, it says he leads us into Papa's inner sanctuary. Like when we are attached to him, when he's the anchor for our soul, it says he leads us into his sanctuary. He leads us. That means he's taking us by the hand. Sorry, love, I'll use you as an example. That's like Coco on a lead, yeah? He leads us into the inner sanctuary. Come up, come up here. Come onto my recliner. Eat, your, eat my husband's food. Come into the inner sanctuary, yeah? Sorry, thank you. Right? He leads us. He leads us. He leads us into the inner sanctuary. That's why the scriptures say that we can be confident. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Sometimes we get so focused on how we think things should be. Sometimes we get so focused on how life is or even how we think life should be. We get so focused on that stuff that we miss what's probably the most valuable and most important thing of all. We'll be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. His holy people. For those of you that don't like raising your hand, you're going to have to. Put up your hand if you're one of God's holy people. You're really going to hate leaving your hand down today, aren't you? Oh, you're not God's holy person. Okay, we'll talk to you later. Let's book one something in Monday, two, two o'clock. Yeah, we are God's holy people. God's holy people. So we have been given a confident hope, yeah? So confident, if we want to be confident in 2018, we can be because we've been given a hope, a confident hope. And our sure hope, like Coco's hope is male, our sure hope is we discovered it when we read the scriptures, is Jesus. So we've been given Jesus. We can be confident in that hope because we can be confident in Jesus. And I love this. It says he's given us this confident hope to those he's called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. So we, we get given Jesus. We celebrated that at Christmas. And did you see what Jesus gets back? We are his glorious inheritance. Do you know how valuable you are? So when we walk into a new year, we've got to grab hold of how valuable we are to God. See, Father God gives us his son. That's our hope, our confident hope, Jesus, to his people who have been called. And then Jesus gets us as his glorious inheritance. That's not bad. I reckon we got the better end of the bargain here, yeah? Better end of the stick because Jesus received you. So please tell me, regardless of what life throws at you, and I know there are some terrible things that happen in life. 
We've, had, we've got friends and family in our house alone here that have been through some terrible things. But when we put it into perspective, nothing compares to the fact that Jesus has inherited us. We have been given him as a gift and now he's received us. How valuable are we to Father God? So we get him and he gets us. I reckon that's pretty uplifting. It's pretty reassuring. It's pretty comforting. No matter what this year brings, we should be uplifted. We should be reassured. We should be comforted. We should be thankful. And in fact, for those that missed last week, Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. What does the scripture say? I will say it again. Rejoice, knowing that we've been given a confident hope. A hope that's Jesus that we can place our confidence in, that he then inherits us. We should be a people that are rejoicing always. Again, I say, rejoice. No matter what comes at us this year. No matter what comes at us. Now, the thing that Coco taught me, or that God taught me through Coco, was that no matter where Coco runs, she always hears Mel's voice. I let her out for five minutes, and then I go and sit down for ten. You'll pick that up in a minute. Twenty minutes later, you hear yapping, because dogs bark, make believe dogs yap, yeah? So you hear yapping out the front, usually outside where Oscar, uh, oh, she's an in-between, she's an almost real dog, she's a bit taller, yeah? So Coco is yapping out the front and she just yaps and you hear it. It echoes through the neighbourhood. It echoes. It, Samuel, Nathan, we get out the front. Coco! Come on, girl! Coco! 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 Come on, Coco! Coco! Oh, thank goodness she's gone. Coco! Coco! Mel does this. Mel goes, I'll get her. Like she says that. She goes, I'll get her. She goes to the door. Coco, come on, girl. She does the same thing. She does this little clap. And then you hear this. It's like you got, get in, you miserable. Doesn't matter where she is. She knows the voice of her hope. Yeah. She knows the voice of the one that loves her. She knows the voice of her anchor, her security, her protection. She knows the voice of the one that's going to feed her. And no other dog exists. No other human exists. Andrew, I don't know who you are. Get out of my way. You're on my couch. You know, you're standing in front of my fridge. Oh, really? Just. She knows her voice. You and I need to know the voice of the Father. It's so important because this will, this will help us be all we can be. We have this hope, this sure hope, a strong hope that's our anchor. And if we're going to fulfill the word awaken, then we need to know this. I want to finish up with this. because This is what God's been speaking to me about with all of that. And I love the songs that you chose this morning. Matthew 1.23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah? 
Can you believe we sang that this morning? God with us. The NLT says God is with us. It's not just his name. That's his nature. That's his desire. He doesn't want to be separated from us. He doesn't want to be separated from you. So the message of the Bible isn't about us desiring to be with God. That's what comes, yeah? The message of the Bible is all about Papa's desire to be with us. God is with us. God with us. You know, we celebrated Christmas two weeks ago. Mary didn't have to worry about naming her baby. It was already taken care of. Emmanuel, God is with us. If you think about this year, wherever you go this year, whatever you do this year, just think about this thought. No matter where you go, God is with you. Yeah. No matter if you fall or fail, God is with you. If you're in despair and distressing and you're crying out to him, God is with you. If things are going well, God is with you. If you're winning and kicking goals, God is with you. If you're at your wit's end and you can't go on, God is with you. Yeah? You know, there are times where we just keep making that same mistake. Anybody else? God is with us. Yeah? When we question our faith and the existence of God in our lives because he seems quiet, God is with us. When it seems like our prayers are unanswered, God is with us. When we get a diagnosis from the doctors that we're not happy with, God is with us. See, it's not about denying the fact. It's about acknowledging the fact but living in the truth. God is with us. See, this makes more sense now. Psalm 23, 4, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Coco knows no matter how angry I am, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the angry Andrew, Melly's with me, yeah? You are with me, God with us. Emmanuel doesn't mean us with God. It means God with us, yeah? And because he's with us, we are now in the Trinity together, amen? Philip Yancey in his book Prayer says, and I love this, when I'm tempted to complain about God's lack of presence, I remind myself that God has much more reason to complain about my lack of presence because it's God with us, God with us, God with us. So Father, God, Daddy, Papa loves us. There's no place that he would rather be than by your side. There's no place that Coco would rather be than right there sitting beside her hope, yeah? There's no place too far, too wide, too high, too low that his love can't reach because God is with us. You know, and I think to, to be awakened in our spirits completely alive in 2018, it's as simple as remembering this in everything, that God is with us. You know, we can't leave him out of our lives. We need to remember to talk to him and to share life with him. See, Papa is at work all the time in every place. So we can face this year with confidence because we have a confident hope. Yeah? His name is Emmanuel. That hasn't changed. God is with us. Nate Johnson posted, um, he was a prophetic voice in Australia, posted on Facebook just last night. And he wrote this, he wrote, The terror to the kingdom of darkness isn't the shouting match from the learned, but the silent 
confidence of those walking out of the wilderness. The silent confidence. Who's our confidence? Jesus. Where do we place our confidence? In Jesus. Yeah? It's not about warring. It's about walking in him. Yeah? It's not about doing battle. It's about loving like him. It isn't about the shouting match from the learned, but the silent confidence of those walking out of the wilderness. This year is a year of awakening, yeah? Why don't we all stand? He is our confidence. He is our confident hope. God with us. God with us in everything. So just, can I ask everyone, just for a moment, just to close your eyes. The one that works. And just for a moment, just want you to picture Father, picture Abba, picture Papa, the way that you see him. Yeah? And this is what I want you to grab hold of today as you walk into tomorrow. The scripture says that I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He knows the plans. Emphasis. He. He knows the plans. That means we don't. (laughs) He knows the plans. When you just don't understand what's happening, he does. He's your sure hope, your confident hope. He is with you in all things. God is with us. So if you're struggling sometime this year, remember that he is with you. Remember that his plans are to prosper you, to give you hope, yeah? A hope and a future. That hope is Jesus. You already have your hope in your heart and in your hand, yeah? And having Jesus, this hope, we can be confident in that we have a future. So let's stand firm then in that hope that we've been given, amen? So Father, in this moment, on this day at Mount Clear Church of Christ, Father, we pray for every individual and every soul, Lord, every family, Lord, even those that are are listening later via podcast, Father, we pray that we would take hold of our sure hope, acknowledging Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us in all things, in all good things, in all difficult things, in all victory, in all defeat. God is with us. So no matter what we face tomorrow, Lord, we can rejoice. And again, I will say rejoice because you are with us. I thank you that your desire is not to be separated from us. I thank you that your desire is to be with each and every one of us. And I pray, Lord God, that that would be a foundation of our faith, that it would be unshakable, unmistakable, immovable as we walk through the year, as we face all that life has in store for us. Lord, that we will stand firm regardless of what the enemy may throw our way, knowing that you are with us. This will be a year of victory. This will be a year of awakening in our spirits because God is with us. So, Father, we glorify you. 
We praise you. We lift your name on high. And all these people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen.